Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an emergency episode of Slash Film Daily. Uh, some big Star Wars news has hit, so we have all climbed into the bunker to chat about it. And by we all, I mean this is Slash Film editor in chief Peter Serrata, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film senior writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And entertainment reporter for io9. And former Slash Film writer, Jermaine Glusier. How's it going, Jermaine? Uh, very good, Pete. Uh, okay, so uh, what is the news? Uh, ben, uh, what what have we learned? Yes, James Mangold, the writer and director of Logan, is going to be working on a Boba Fett movie. And that's kind of all we know. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter revealed this story, and that's, I mean, it's its very bare bones at this point. We don't know any more about, uh, okay, so there was a there were some rumors that Simon Kinberg was working on a Boba Fett movie years ago, and we don't know if this is that same project, or if this is a competing project, or if they're developing two on a parallel track track to see which one they end up going with but that's the story right now well i I will put those rumors to rest there was a boba fett movie that was the movie that josh trank was working on with simon kinberg kinberg was writing and producing it uh josh trank was going to direct it and uh you know that is history. <laughs> Trank kind of self-destructed, and uh, that movie came off the uh, off the uh, chart, and we got the Star Wars standalone movies that we have. You know, the Rogue One and what's coming out uh, now with uh, Han Solo or Solo Star Wars story. Uh, Jermaine, you are a huge Star Wars fan. And I know you. You know we've talked. We've talked a lot about this in the past because you know there there had been rumors of this this Boba Fett movie. Uh, what are your thoughts now that we know James Mangold is working on it? Um, well, a couple. I mean, first thing I want to know if they're going to show us this concept. Tra- they had a concept trailer back in 2015 when Josh Trank uh, was going to be at Star Wars Celebration to announce this, uh, and then days before they pulled him, and it was just Rogue One. We got uh, the announcement of that that day. Uh, yeah, news that we Trank was out sick, quote unquote. Right, he was out sick uh, was the official thing, and then he got pulled off the project. But that was news, by the way, Rogue One, uh, what it was about that we broke on SlashFilm.com. And, yeah. 
yeah, so there's some there's so like I'm curious now, are we gonna see that concept trailer at some point? That would be cool. Uh and you gotta think and the THR article talks about it a little bit, like Kinberg and Mangold are pretty well versed. Kinberg produces the X-Men movies, uh Mangold has just has directed two X-Men movies. Um so you gotta think there's some kind of a kinship there, you know, not to, to be punny about it. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, so that's the behind-the-scenes stuff. And the other thing would be then, so is this uh, a young Boba Fett movie, which, you know, or a medium, I guess, Boba Fett movie, as we've already seen young Boba Fett? Or does Boba Fett get out of the Sarlacc pit, and is this, you know, uh, you know, a, a post-Return of the Jedi thing? Uh, well, some of the books I, have indicated that he... Or may have suggested that he survived the Sarlacc pack. Uh, right, one, one of my favorite quotes about Star Wars canon uh, came from Pablo Hidalgo, where he said, uh, "The way to explain it is Boba Fett is both alive and dead in that Sarlacc pit until a story takes him out." And so, because it's not really been defined, he falls in there, and you assume he died, you know, in 1983. But if somebody wrote a story to bring him out or kill him, you know, it's never been 100% said. Um, at least in you know in the canon now, it's so, the yeah, Schrodinger's yeah, cat of uh, of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, uh, there's been yeah, and there, like you said, there's definitely been some rumors and stuff um, of like you know different armors in you know, that have been found in books and stuff, Mandalorian things, and you know we've seen a lot of Mandalorian lore and Rebels. So there's definitely like stuff to mine here. Uh, but I mean, honestly, as cool as Boba Fett is, like I, I keep seeing this quote going around again and the. Last couple of days, they said Boba Fett's not a character; he's a suit of armor, and I kind of agree with that. Like, yeah, like we know that he was a clone, and his dad was Jango Fett, and he wanted to kill, you know, Mace Windu or whatever Han Solo. But man, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just not as excited about his story as I am about seeing that suit on screen. You know, like that to me is cooler. Well- yeah. Well, maybe that could be a thing in this movie. Like, I, I after seeing Solo, I, I, I was talking to one of the press members, and uh, they had this insane theory that um, that Han Solo was going to get killed at the end of the movie, and then someone was going to take up his reign, which is just like an insane. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Whatever. But uh, maybe they could do that with this Boba Fett movie. Maybe Boba Fett is not the Boba Fett we saw in the prequels. You know, maybe it is a mantle, kind of like, you know, uh, the Batman costume in uh, Nolan's Dark Knight. Uh, I do know that when Trank and Kinberg were working on this, it was a sci-fi space spaghetti western, um, which, uh, you know, t- certainly sounds like that would be something up um, Mangold's, uh, you know, wait, he did um, what, uh, 310 to Yuma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, so I guess let's talk about Mangold for a second, uh, really quick. Um, ben is is he someone that you would expect to want to do a Star Wars movie, and what what can we expect from a Mangold Star Wars movie? So, I mean, I got to put this out here. This is yet another white guy who's writing and directing a Star Wars movie, and I just <laughs> feel like we have to acknowledge that because we have to keep acknowledging it until Lucasfilm does something about it. It's something that Kathleen Kennedy has talked about, like, oh, yeah, we want to bring women into this world. She keeps saying it, she keeps saying it, and she's not actually doing it. So, But, 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 I just Ben, wanna... but ben yeah. JJ got a, 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 a second unit uh, female director. <laughs> All right. All right, Peter. Come on now. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there up top so people don't think that we're completely brushing over that. But trying to concentrate, put that, putting that aside and concentrating on Mangold as a filmmaker, he's one of those guys who started his career and he struck me as as a person who 
was almost sort of like a Ron Howard, honestly, like a journeyman sort of director, a guy who who knew what he was doing and sh- could just come in and get things done. And he didn't necessarily have a vibrant style or a flashiness to his filmmaking. But in recent years, I feel like with movies like 310 to Yuma and with Logan especially, he's proven himself to be somebody who... Um, who, I mean, again, even those movies aren't necessarily what I would call flashy, but there is a um, there is a passion and a beating heart and a an intelligence to those movies that I feel like eludes a lot of his contemporaries. So, I mean, if you are going to pick a white guy to to make this movie, <laughs> I think he's a pretty decent choice, especially if they do go in that spaghetti western kind of uh, direction. Because even something like Copland, one of his earlier films, has a, you know a few of those tropes wrapped up in in like a more modern setting. So the idea that he could explore. Uh, famous cinematic tropes wrapped up in a sci-fi setting in the Star Wars universe is vaguely intriguing. But yeah, sort of like Jermaine, I'm not excited about uh, Boba Fett, the character. I would love to see Lucasfilm just make another movie about a different bounty hunter. But uh, I guess that's a separate topic. But getting back to Mangold, what do you guys think about him as a potential Star Wars filmmaker? Jermaine? Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I I agree with a lot of Ben said. I think as a filmmaker, uh, he's become a person I trust. You know, he's not somebody who's going to rush something into production just to do it. You know, he like a movie like Logan is a movie that was risky, but he knew uh, he could do right. You know, and and the results showed that. Um, I think even the Wolverine uh, was, you know, a pretty big risk at the time and ended up turning out pretty well. Uh, So he he's got that great mix of. You know, uh, independent aesthetic with blockbuster kind of uh, appeal. Uh, also, you you won't. This is a, a, a. I'm about to tweet this, but I'll say it here first. Uh, which my tweet will go up for you. Anybody hears this? But <laughs> uh, uh, the, he will be the second person from my home area to make a Star Wars movie uh, because Tony Gilroy uh, grew up like a town away from James Mangold, and they were like they knew each other growing up. Um, Interesting. In like uh, in uh, in the suburbs of New York City, in Orange County, New York. So, because I used to work up there, and I used to talk to James Mangold, uh, like when he was making, I think it was Three Ten to Yuma, and I talked to Gilroy, like who of course did Rogue One after uh, what Gareth Edwards got out uh, when he did like Michael Clayton. So, yeah. um, really film literate, smart guy, and uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Ben is right. It's like. It's really getting comical now that like it's just the same white guys over and over again. And yeah, they're all talented. Favreau and you know and Ryan and and JJ, um, Ron Howard and Benioff and Weiss. Yeah, and then but then what about and and really Boba Fett like? Oh man, I don't know. And, and I, there, there's also that Obi Obi One movie supposedly in the works. Like we're getting all these movies uh, telling the story of characters that I don't think we want or need this. To, to hear the stories of, uh, which is my biggest, I think, criticism of, you know, solo Star Wars story. I know uh, Jermaine and I are both on the uh, positive side of things, but e- e- even though we're on the positive side of things, I think it's not a movie we need it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, but not to get into spoilers with that movie that hits theaters. Uh, what? Tonight? Yeah, probably yes. 30 minutes on the west on the east coast. Yeah. Um, but I will talk vaguely as possibly as possibly can. Uh, the movie I think sets up future Star Wars things, and I'm I'm kind of wondering 
a lot of people are taking that as like setting up a solo sequel in some way. Uh, you guys have both seen this movie, and I want to you know talk as vague as possible because we don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But do, do you think there there's the possibility that that could be setting up something for this movie or the Obi Wan movie or do you know what I mean like uh, it could could Star Wars be learning something from Marvel and and kind of doing that kind of ext- expanded connected universe kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, Jermaine, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, they kind of already are, right? It's all one universe. But I know what you're saying. So, like, basically, potentially... One sets Han up Solo, another. Boba Fett could be a, a, a sequel to Han Solo, and Obi-Wan could be a sequel to Boba Fett and Han Solo, is kind of what you're saying. Yes. And, and sure, why not? Like, they kind of all are anyway. It's just a matter of would the stories interconnect at all. And um, we know that Han Solo knows who Boba Fett is. Like, that is canon. He, we don't know what the, exactly their interactions were. Um, but, you know, if this did take place before uh, A New Hope, yeah, that could absolutely do it. You know, Alden Ehrenreich has a three-contract deal, and uh, that doesn't mean it has to be in a solo movie, right? I mean, yeah. you know, like, uh, like like Chris Hemsworth or whatever had like eight contract deals. They didn't – it wasn't for eight Thor movies. It was to appear as Thor in eight movies. So uh, I think it's an interesting uh, possibility for sure. The, the other thing I'm, I'm wondering is, uh, you know, Boba Fett is a bad guy uh, in all, you know, in every story that he's been in. I, I, I know Lucasfilm was doing that, what, 1313 video game project, yep. uh, which was supposedly going to have kind of like Boba Fett and give him a kind of arc to him. Like, how do you tell the story of a bad guy in a, you know... Disney Universe. Ben, do you have any thoughts? That's uh, that's an interesting question. Um, the thing about it is whatever they do is going to be way cooler than whatever we see Boba Fett doing in the original trilogy by definition because he barely exists in the original trilogy. So when you watch all of these movies, when all is said and done, when the dust is settled on the Star Wars universe and you try to watch all these stories in order, uh, assuming this happens before the original trilogy and even if it happens after, it's going to, if it ties in with any other character in the Star Wars universe, it's just going to make Boba Fett's original appearance even more like stand out even more you know like that how lame of a character he truly was in the original trilogy so I don't know how far they can sort of push the envelope in a villain direction I don't know if they're going to even want to do that maybe they would do something where they would try to recontextualize the character as like a misunderstood hero or something or somebody who's been driven to a life of crime to try to make us give a shit about this guy but uh, I don't know what do you think Terrain? Uh, well, I mean, look at like Maleficent. You know, they've done it before. You know, like she's the bad guy in the movie, but she's also, you know, we have uh, she has a good heart or whatever. You know, um, I think, and I think a bounty hunter is a uh, as a character is somebody who's just out for themselves, right? People can relate to can relate to that. You know, relate to somebody who's just out for number one, and he's a bad guy, but only because we see him take out like you know capture our hero, right? I mean. He's uh, and fight Obi Wan Kenobi as a little boy, you know, in, in Episode Two. He's, you know, like so that doesn't mean he can't be hired by Princess Leia for a mission, you know, or and then he becomes a good guy, you know. It's just about who he's working for because he has no allegiances as a bounty hunter. So I think there's definitely easy ways you could spin it to make it fit in. Or like Boba Fett is played by Liam Neeson and like his family is kidnapped, let's say, and then like he just has to do all this stuff to get his family back, right? Like it's just you know he's being forced to do it, so it's really uh, a good guy. Dead. 
His dad was murdered by Mace Windu, Ben. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if, you know, uh, Dr- Dr- Daniel Logan, the guy, the kid who played Boba Fett in yeah. uh, episode two, uh, was at uh, the solo premiere, uh, which I thought was weird. Uh, but then there were other people at the solo premiere uh, that ended up being not so weird. <laughs> and 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 uh, so who knows? Maybe this has been in the works, and maybe who knows? Maybe it's actually going to be Daniel Logan in the role. That'd be cool. That would be weird. Um, you know, Jermaine, I know you're – I talk a lot on this podcast about Cobra Kai. I know you're a big fan of Cobra Kai. I love how that series recontextualized a bad guy, an iconic bad guy from, you know, the 80s and made him kind of into an anti-hero of some, some sort. Uh, I, I, would, I would be I'd be interesting seeing Disney tackle that with, with Boba Fett. Maybe uh, – let me propose this idea to you guys. I want to hear what your thoughts are. What if half this movie – is him climbing out of the Sarlacc pit and half of it is, you know, you know, him as a younger man and it's cutting back and forth, you know, lost style with things reflecting each other. And it's kind of a redemption story of sorts. So, so it's 127 hours. It's not about him being stuck in the Sarlacc pit. It's, it's like, you know, I don't know. No, I know. I, I, I'm cool. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not have the best of both worlds? It's not like you have to tell a linear story. You know, so if you think about it, uh, Solo is one of the first Star Wars movies that really tell a straight linear story where we stay with the main characters the entire time. You know, everyone else sort of splits up in most of the movies, you know, or or meets each other later in the movie. So, yeah, why not tell it? Yeah, I, I think that idea is cool. You know, he's out there. He's trying to get out, you know, in the movies, him flashing back to like, you know, how he got to this place in his life, you know. <laughs> you see, uh, it's also you know, and then uh, yeah, and and then he gets out at the end of the movie, and now you have Boba Fett too, ready to go. Man, I I would just love it if Boba Fett died in the first five minutes of this movie, and then it picked up with a different bounty hunter altogether. They sell the whole movie based on Boba Fett, and then they just wipe him out immediately. That would be like truly subversive. One of the most subversive things that uh, a safe corporation like Disney could do. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, I don't think that's that's possible. Uh, do you guys have any last thoughts on the Boba Fett movie? I, I know we've gone you know almost twenty minutes now on basically a one line news story, but. You know, we're Star Wars uh, fans, so... Uh... I, yeah, I have one thing. I'm curious, when is this going to happen? We still don't know what the 2020 movie is, right? Uh, this seems to be now a, a movie with a writer and a director attached, and potentially an early version of a script. But James Mangold is supposed to be making this Ford and Ferrari movie that, like, is supposed to shoot soon. So is he going to bang that out and then work on this for 2020? Or can he even do that with the amount of uh, things he'd have to do? Uh I guess potentially it's only it's only mid 2018. Uh, that would be my question. That's my only uh, last thought on. I mean, is there the possibility that Disney could take a year off from Star Wars? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we did hear They're about that. A Steven, year and a half off now what? They're taking a year and a half off now. Yeah. We we did hear about that Stephen Daldry uh, Obi Wan Kenobi movie quite a while back. I, I would feel like that must be further along, right? Well, if you look at the the THR article, it says that 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 he's still in negotiations and there's no writer. Hmm. Huh. So so there's not. So uh, I know you guys turn that into another story, guys. But um, <laughs> yeah, so who knows if that's going to happen uh, before this. Um, I mean, maybe they could just rush a Lando movie into production. Uh, you saw how Donald Glover was able to crank out a fake script 
for uh what was that um for his deadpool series his deadpool yeah. series in like you know an hour i'm sure him and hero the guy that you know directs his atlanta show you know they could just make it happen <laughs> for sure yeah and and there's always like ryan johnson's spinoff you know that could fill the 2020 slot uh, one of those movies or or even benioff and weiss's thing we don't know what that's going to be yet too so they they announced both of those previously so maybe they're far enough along to get that in theaters for 2020 i don't know we'll have to see this is the continuing saga that will never end jermaine thanks for joining us where can people find more of your work online uh, uh, you can read me on ion9.com and I'm on Twitter and everything else at, at Jermaine Lucier. Ben, where can people find you? You can find me at Slash Film and on Twitter at Ben Pears. You can find me at Slash Film on Twitter. You can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, all the popular podcast apps. Please follow us, give us a review on iTunes. We will see you later.